guys. Welcome back to Roundtable Rundown. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with UCLA tennis commit Timo Lee. Today we are back at you with a normal weekly rundown. We're going to talk about all that's going on in the week of sports, and we're going to start off with the big news of the week with our baseball specialist, Alex. So, Alex, why don't you fill us in with everything that's going on with the Houston Astros and Alex Cora of the Boston Red Sox? Well, this has been going on for a couple of months now. Um, Basically, I'm sure you guys all know, but just in case you don't, the Astros were accused of cheating during the 2017 regular season and postseason, as well as into the 2018 season. And it just came out that MLB did a study and investigation, and they found that these allegations were actually true, and that the Astros were using illegal technology. They were basically filming the fingers of catchers and getting signs and relaying them immediately to the hitters, which is illegal in baseball and is not okay. And there were some harsh punishments doled out. We'll get into that later if we think that they were justified. Um, basically, what happened was the commissioner of the league, Rob Manfred, fined the team $5 million, took away the first and second round picks for the next two years, and got both the manager, A.J. Hinch, and the general manager um, fired from their jobs. And they're both banned from the MLB for a year. And basically, the ripple effect of this is that Alex Cora was also indicted in this um, issue because he was the bench coach during the 2017 season that the Astros won the World Series and were cheating. So he also was fired from his job yesterday on the Red Sox, as well as Carlos Beltran, who was fired today, who was a player from that Astros team and was just hired as, he was just hired as the Mets' new um, manager, and he didn't even get to serve a season yet. He was just fired today. So here's the interesting thing, right? I mean, as we talked about already, um, there's a lot of rippling effects throughout the league, and so not only are a team like the Dodgers who face the Astros in the World Series, you know, stripped of a possible title, but um, as you mentioned, players like Aaron Judge are deprived of the batting title because you have a guy like Jose Altuve who won MVP and um, you know knew all the pitches that were coming in, and so right. um, you know there's a lot of rippling effects throughout the league. Um, but the question becomes: Do we think that the punishments were justified? And so obviously for the Boston Red Sox, more punishments are probably coming in, and their um, actions were preemptive. But um, the question becomes: Are these punishments justified? So personally, my stance on this is: Unfortunately, I think that the Astros and the Red Sox aren't the only teams that do this, mm-hmm. and I think that they were the first ones to get caught, and they got caught, um, you know, red-handed. And I'm sure not every team does this, but I think that every team has their own way of cheating, whether it be as simple as you know putting pine tar on on a part of your body or your glove um, or, you know, as far as using, um, you know, devices to guess the pitches and having a whole secret language with trash cans and stuff. But um, the interesting thing that I saw today, which kind of was really funny, is um, it there was an investigation that went out today that the uh, Astros had devices taped to their uh, chests and like a certain beat would give them, like, the pitch count. Mm. And so they were citing the uh, evidence of Jose Altuve not wanting to take off his shirt after they won the World Series. But as we talked about together, that actually comes down to his crazy wife not being comfortable (laughs) with um, him taking off his shirt. So it could come down to that. But 
you know, what do you think? Because I personally think that the punishment was probably not enough. And, you know, it was, I think it was a $5 million fine. Yeah, I mean, the punishment was not harsh, harsh enough at all. Um, $5 million is chump change to a guy like um, to these owners who are billionaires. Um, Lose first and round, first and second round second draft round, picks for, for right. two years. That doesn't mean anything to a team like the Astros because their picks are going to be so late in the first round anyways because they're so good. The picks don't mean anything. Um, the At the end of the day, the people who actually executed the cheating were not fined whatsoever. I mean, the players got out of it scot-free, which I find ridiculous. Right. And um, now I didn't expect for the Astros to be stripped of the title. That's just impossible to do and not realistic at all. But I did expect the fine monetarily to be much bigger than $5 million. I expected it to be like maybe $10 million or 15 something that really hits hard um, against an owner that is a billionaire and can and can spare the five million. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that the players should have gotten some sort of um, punishment because they were the ones doing it ultimately. But I think the other thing is, um, you know, how how do you know who was doing it and who wasn't? I think it's that's tough. Where, you can't know where where it gets a little tricky. But um, I mean. It's a really tricky situation, and so I don't know what the ultimate outcome is going to be. But the thing that really um, stuck with me was, you know, the after the Cubs won the World Series, the Astros kind of came out and emerged as this hot contender, Mm -hmm. and they were the ones who had developed this big farm system, and it was like this homegrown team and, um, you know, all these, like, risky draft picks. And it was really an experiment in the beginning and it was such a big story and so right. it's really concerning to me oh were they just cheating the whole time and is that why they became so successful and right. so obviously now these players individually are very good players but if they've been cheating the whole time and knew the pitches that were coming in that's a different story well what i find really sad is that if we all remember back in 2017 this massive hurricane had just hit houston sure and this world series was a big deal for the city and 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 for texas as a whole really and now to have that tarnished by really one of the worst cheating scandals since the 1919 Black Sox. Right. Um, it's really sad. And to think of all the careers that could have ended because of the cheating scandal, I mean, how many pitchers are out of the league now because they got destroyed by the Astros? Little did they know that they were cheating and had their signs right away. Yeah, I mean, everybody um, thought they were hitting powerhouse. I mean, Aaron Judge could have won an MVP in his rookie season, but Jose Altuve was cheating and won the MVP instead of him. I mean, there are so many factors at play here that, really ruined people's lives and it's it's terrible it's incredibly sad um yes the Dodgers lost the World Series and that's an act that's an aspect of it as a Dodger fan myself but I feel more for the random pitcher who's out of the league now and um can't get back in because of his horrible numbers against the Astros so what now for the guys who got punished I mean Alex Cora I think is done forever unfortunately because he seemed like a cool guy but I think that A.J. Hinch could be back in the league right. in a little while. I mean, A.J. Hinch will definitely be back in the league. He is one of the best managers in baseball in terms of baseball itself. He clearly can't control the locker room and can't control the men, which will be inter- interesting to see. But um, he will be brought back, absolutely. And in terms of Alex Cora, you're right. I don't think he'll be back. Um, we'll see. The Forever now, the Astros will be tarnished. Um, and people will hate them around the league, unfortunately, and these players who are so beloved will be seen as cheaters for the rest of their careers, and it's sad. It's terrible for the game of baseball. So let's move on to a little bit of a you know nicer thing to talk about. LSU and our guy, Coach O, mm-hmm. and Joey Bucketsboro, um, 
put out an amazing product on the field the other night, uh, Monday night. LSU demolished Clemson, and it was really exciting to watch because Clemson, you know, I personally feel like the college football playoff in the, th- the past few years has really been like, you know, watching the Cavs and the Warriors every year. It's been right. Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama. And um, all of a sudden, LSU comes out of nowhere. And so there's this great story about Joe Burrow being the grad transfer. I'm sure everybody knows about it. And Coach O being the heart of Louisiana. And um, there's a lot to talk about here. You know, and, and in a minute, we'll talk about. Um, the future of LSU losing their offensive coordinator or passing game coordinator to the Panthers, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about Joe Burrow going to the NFL. But Odell Beckham Jr., who is not even at LSU anymore, currently has an arrest warrant out for him because yeah. he smacked a police officer's buttocks in the <laughs> locker room um, while celebrating with players. So first of all, after the game was over, he had a whole lot of cash. He started giving it to uh, players like uh, Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow, which you cannot do. You cannot give um, right. student athletes the money. Giving Joe Burrow the money was okay because he is not an athlete of the school anymore, and so um, he's going to the NFL, and that's totally fine. However, that was a very illegal. He couldn't do that, number one. Number two, he went to the locker room to celebrate with the players, and he technically assaulted a police officer. Right. So what is he doing? Listen, Odell has been this kind of guy for years now. And as a Giants fan, um, trust me, I know all about his behavior. And it's too bad because he's really one of the most talented people in the league. But he continues to put himself in these bad situations. And granted, this is ridiculous. I mean, he slapped the guy on the butt. And it was in the heat of the moment. They were celebrating the national championship for the first time since 2007. Odell was hyped. He was celebrating with his guys. And he just got swept up in the moment, which I understand. Um, but he's got to know better. That's just ridiculous. So, so um, it's really interesting to, to think about. And, you know, the Browns have obviously been in a mess, and they're going to have a new head coach with Steven St- Kevin Stefanski. Um, but I want to know what, what you think about the future of LSU because I don't know. They're probably going to get a, get a, grad, a transfer again coming into LSU. So they're going to. With Joe Burrow gone, right. what's the next step? I have no idea. And I don't really know, to be honest with you, who they have behind him. Um, but I think they're probably going to look for another transfer. And the big loss, obviously, is their passing game coordinator who went to go join Matt Rule um, for the Carolina Panthers. And so, um, you know, Joe Burrow's numbers went up dramatically between mm-hmm. um, last year and this year. Um, and I think it was mostly largely due to um, this passing game coordinator who they hired. So the offensive coordinator is going to stay the same, and, um, you know, that'll be helpful to keep the same offense going. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... They're going to have to figure it out. There's going to be a lot of turmoil and change. They're going to lose a lot of people to go to the NFL. This was a big year for LSU football. They're going to have a lot of people entering the draft, which is all good, and that means they're going to get more recruits in the long run. Um, But LSU is going to become a big name again, I think. I think that Coach O is going to go on the recruiting trail as soon as he can. And I mean, who would want to play for Coach O? Right, and I think he's going to get all these recruits, and I think he's going to steal all these players from Alabama and Clemson, and I think that they're going to be just fine. But it is going to be interesting. I don't think they're going to have the same product next year because there's not going to be another Joe Burrow. And so on that note, Joe Burrow is officially a Cincinnati Bengal. Right, and, number one overall pick. Um, Chase Young to the Redskins. So the Detroit Lions, I believe, the draft on the starts clock. at three. It really starts at three. Right, with uh, number three. And so um, 
It'll be interesting to see. To see. I, I would love to see Joe Burrow do well in the NFL. Um, I, I don't know how his game's going to translate over, but I do have to tell you, watching that game against Clemson, which was one of the best events in the country this year, mm-hmm. I just could not see how you could stop him. I mean, he was so unbelievable and such a gamer. He was such an alpha on the field and right. really would just not go down. And so his confidence before the game was unparalleled, but his confidence during the game after they went to a very slow start was very impressive. And so I'll be curious to see how he does with Zach Taylor as his uh, new head coach, who's another very young guy, mm-hmm. and a McVeigh protege, um, but very unproven. And so he's going to you know, go into a, uh offense with uh, Joe Mixon and A.J. Green, and we'll see how that works. But at the end of the day, he's going to be at home, and so he's going to be in Ohio where he's from, where he was born and raised, where his dad coached. And so I think it's going to be a good match um, community-wise but, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to see if his game translates to the NFL. We haven't seen that many Heisman winners in the past succeed in the NFL. Right. Very true. So, look, I mean, that was a lot to throw at you guys. Um, I think we're going to— Before we go, I think we've got to say a farewell to Luke Keekley. It's been an honor watching you <laughs> on the uh, play for the Panthers the past couple of years. One of the smartest football players I've heard. He's been one of the smartest football players in the league. And um, we miss him. And it's it really, is crazy. It's really crazy. Seeing all Something's these guys. definitely going on, and I don't really know what's going on. But we hope everything's okay with him. Um, we wish him the best, and um, yeah, that's a big loss for the Panthers. I mean, they're really going to have to rebuild now. And he is such a gamer. I think he's a Hall of Famer, even though he's only played in the league for seven years. Mm-hmm. But he was in the Pro Bowl every single year he was on the team. He's led the league in tackles every year he's been on the team, and he was a captain as a rookie every single year. And so, um, I read a story about him this week that he never put cable in his house because he thought it was too distracting from watching film wow so um unbelievable guy but anyways that's a big loss for the panthers Mm -hmm. um but you know they're starting fresh with coach matt rule and the new passing game coordinator from lsu will become their offensive coordinator and we'll see what they do moving forward with cam newton but we will talk about that coaching carousel um and quarterback carousel more next week when we get back to you guys Please enjoy the playoffs this week. We have two huge matchups between the Titans playing the Chiefs Chiefs, and then the 49ers facing off against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, Enjoy football this weekend, and we will check in back with you next weekend. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, have a good football weekend.